Welcome to the Living Out Loud show with Michelle Wadley and Alan Vukas. In each episode, we will explore practical spirituality through inspiring and enlightening conversations. Be a part of our weekly conversation with a rotating cast of speakers, teachers, and authors as we uncover and share spiritual, mental, and emotional tools to help you live your authentic life out loud now. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Living Out Loud show. I'm Alan Vukas. And I'm Michelle Wadley and I'm so glad you're here with us today for our, what is this, 20 what? 20... Oh, I think we're in the third. We've, we've done more than 30 episodes. We've stopped, we've stopped counting. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> we just well, I'm glad you're here. here. I'm glad you're all here. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I'm glad that you're here, Michelle. We're here to, to wrap up this month of, of passion and purpose. So that's what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. This month, if, the, if you are new to and watching or listening to us for the very first time, um, Michelle and I come together each week for enlightening conversations around practical spirituality. And this month, we have been focused on passion and purpose. And so each week, we've been diving into that. And, and today, we're going to wrap it up with passionately, by, as we talk about passionately living your purpose out loud. And uh, it's been a good month, hasn't mm-hmm. it? It's been a yeah. good month. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the takeaways and uh so yeah we'll, so we'll go into some of that that's what we're we're, we're here to do today to uh, sort of put a bow on all that we've discussed um, this mm-hmm. month and mm-hmm. bring it together so um what has what i guess michelle what would be i guess what comes to you first as a takeaway and for this month as far as about passion and purpose so yeah i, I get there's a number of different things and and, and, you know, we've been, you know, the, the, the program has taken us all over the place. Which is great. <laughs> and so part of it for me is how do I wreck the, or the part that mattered to me, how do I recognize what I'm passionate about? And, um, and sometimes I think some people have trouble identifying their mm-hmm. passion. And I, you know, for me, part of that is what am I, what do I put time behind that I'm completely inflexible, inflexible. And, um, and then where do I lose time? Ah. What do I do that when I'm doing it, I don't even know the hours have passed. Like, and there's not many things. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. I'm hold- I just held up a Zentangle. Yeah, yeah, here's my tangle. Always- so, of course, you know, I'm, but, and, and then, and I guess from my old mind, I would think, well, if I'm passionate about that, what does that do for me? Mm-hmm. Like, what does that do? Because I used to have passion tied together with progress and, and um, profit. And I, I know I said earlier in the month that I think we should de- um, untangle those two. Yes. <laughs> to stay with the tangling theme to untangle those two, because I think that passion has a purpose that, that when you, when you approach it and when you feed it, it feeds your soul in a way that, that brings good to you. It brings good. And, you know, for me, you know, I, I started saying this a long time ago when I started traveling out to California 
And what I noticed was that in certain parts of California, not everywhere, but there were, there's certain there's certain beauty in California and the way they are on the, you know, even the roads and the wildflowers in the center of the roads. And I think that we don't have enough, uh, we do not value it on the East Coast. Of course, I'm generalizing horribly. We all do that, right? It's Yeah, so I mean, there. I know yeah. that this doesn't exist everywhere, yeah. but I think there's some areas where, where we do not as a, as a, as, as towns, we don't value beauty. Mm. Beauty, beauty feeds your soul. Right. And beauty, hmm, it's hard to explain. I know that even the sh- shamans, you know, and uh, Alberto Vilodo, who oh, I you know, love as a teacher, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about practice beauty. And, and that is notice beauty, to notice where beautiful things are. Um, and it, something is happening in my life, not only am I getting older, you know, that just goes without saying, but there's something, there's something that's in my consciousness about my passion for life that the world looks be- more beautiful to me than it used to. Mm. And the other day I wrote, you know, I wrote a blog about the, you know, the paradox because I'm projecting for next month and the, and, uh, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And so that, you know, that, and like I said in the blog, that's a good news, but that's also an ouch. Because mm. if what you're seeing is beautiful, you're feeling, you could feel pretty good about, you know, you as the seer, right? Right. But if you're only seeing, if you're only seeing limitation and you're only seeing pain and you're only seeing suffering. Yes. Same thing, right? So, but so the, the things that we have passion for will help to form the filter that we see through, we see life through. So um, I think, I think really talking about and identifying passion is a very important subject for, for all of us. I really think it is. Well, you know, I just wanted to just on this thing of beauty, I wanted to put the, um, you found something? well, just the quote from Troward. I mean, cause I uh-huh. knew that Troward had Thomas Troward. Um, right. I'm going to be teaching a class here uh, coming up in just, well, next Tuesday. I'm going to start uh, a um, uh, Mystics, Philosophers, and You. Oh, lovely. A journey. Is it hybrid or only in person? It's actually going to be only on Zoom. Um, because I want the information. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a I, I've rebranded Roots is what it, I've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. And I'm going to be using for Emerson. This is a side. So for those of you, now you're eavesdropping on a conversation between Michelle and I. So I'm going to be using actually um, Carol Barnes. Oh, okay. She has essays that she has written about the the five Emerson essays that have most uh, influenced science of mind. And they have, um, there was some, the gender, it's, it was made um, the essays neutral. gender neutral. Nice. And there was some some slight, you know, edits to the mm-hmm. essays. But Let me ask you something. What five essays did she did she? Did oh, she well, and anyone course. listening, you should pay attention to this because the truth is, Emerson's essays. He he was the transcendentalist of the time. He was radical, and his his work is his plus plus uh, Thomas Troward, which will be in the class that Alan's going to teach. 
they were a major influence mm -hmm. upon Ernest Holmes and upon who we are in this country. They, you know, especially Emerson, he was one of the original thinkers yeah. that that caused metaphysics and new thought to 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 take the place on you know on the on the world plane on the world mm -hmm. platform. Mm -hmm. So while we're having this, it seems like a private conversation. The truth is, yeah, yeah. Emerson not easy, not an easy read for some, for me. How for you? So what? Who's which one of those? So the class, um, the class, the ten week class will be um, Emerson, Thomas Troward, and Emma Curtis Hopkins. Mm. These were all muses of Ernest Holmes, and mm -hmm. he had other voices that that whispered right, right. and spoke to him as well. But by exploring those and listening to those voices, may we also be inspired. But usually yeah. they're so different in their voice. Right, and, right. and Proward and Hopkins, that many people have a preference of one over right, the other. What, right, who, right. who speaks to you or who do you most easily, I, I know you enjoy them all, but who's your, who's the one that you most easily gravitate towards? You know, I, this is going to expose my personality a little bit. Um, Troward. Oh, Troward is great. Oh, yeah. Because what, look at me. I could almost get emotional. It, I took the Troward class three times before I got it. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in class for the third time with my teacher, Reverend Frankie Timmers of CSL Morristown. I remember sitting in a class for the third time and finally looking up at her and saying, I got it. Finally got it. Like, and it felt like suddenly I had a new language mm -hmm. and this language was speaking to me and empowering me in ways that the other some other things hadn't yeah. i like I, I just like the strength of what he said yeah it, I like the strength you know to me troward is about the scientific side yeah. and he was so strong i've learned so much about my psyche and my consciousness emerson was the poetic side but he, his thing i can't even remember what he said but i remember the impact of his essay on compensation yeah so well, let me let me, before we forget, that is yeah. one. So the five essays that Dr. Carol Carnes, this is, so this was published, I think in 21, 2021. Yeah, this is, this yeah, is yeah. And mm -hmm. as soon as it came out, I read it uh, mm -hmm. or bought it. I mean, I bought it. You know, <laughs> bought, read, they're kind of the same thing. Sometimes. Isn't it the same? I don't know. It's not. <laughs> I'm trying to remind myself of that. Just because you bought it doesn't mean you read it. Just because it's another on the shelf. Well, they say it has a value. Some people say just having the books around raises your IQ and the IQ of your children. That's it. There, it, it, there is a vibration. It radiates, right? Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. So but the five, of course, self-reliance, self-reliance, yes. number one, Emerson. Oh, mm -hmm. and in our class, we're also going to have a field trip because Emerson's house is just, it's an hour and 15 minutes from my driveway. And, and you can so go in it? Yes, there's you could do a tour. You could do a tour of Emerson's house. And so we're going to do a little field trip as part of that class for those right. you know, if you're if you're local and able to. Right, to right, do that. Right. So it's an extra for. Um, but See, so, New England played an important role in right. the in the path of metaphysics. And of course, that's where Ernest Holmes came from, you know, being born in Maine and then, you know, and being Boston, going to Boston and being influenced by um, Mary Baker Eddy. So. New England and where you're seated is actually an important part of the movement. But go ahead, tell me the other yeah, the, the other self-reliance. And uh -huh. I have heard anecdotally that that Holmes could quote that. 
Oh, wow. I have heard that he could, I mean, because he was an orator, you know, I mean, that yeah. is his, his training or his degree or certificate was in elocution. Um, while he, that's what he was studying while he was in Maine or not in Maine, in Boston. Mm-hmm. And that, and while he was studying speaking, public speaking, he was going to be a dramatic speaker. Um, that's where he came in connection with Christian science because those who ran the school mm-hmm. were Christian scientists. And so he right. learned a lot, but I heard that he could, un- that he could recite it. I may wow. be making that up, but I, it's, it's, why not? You know, I mean, to, Holmes said that Emerson to him was like water. Mm. I, it would it would quench his soul. And so he referred to, and there are many places where you could take, um, Emerson says it this way, Holmes says it this way, yeah, you know, yeah. but very similar, but self-reliance, mm-hmm. the oversoul, mm-hmm. which is the, there's a oneness that we're all a part of, and that's mm-hmm. expressed through us, spiritual laws, mm-hmm. compensation, and circles so oh, right 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 i might have to, well you know instead of, i don't think i bought that book i meant to i think i'll have to order that book because i'm I'll sure the way, the, carol, the way carol puts it together I'm, I'm certain that she makes it more readable than she's very precise you know she's very yeah. precise and uh I like precise. Yeah, I, I, that's troward is troward is now i i do love hopkins though too Oh, completely. Yeah, I mean... For me, Hopkins speaks to my faith. Mm, She kicks me in the... Absolutist. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, this is good. This will happen. This is happening now. There's nothing in the way. My life is whole, perfect, and complete. I know this. Done. That's that's you. Clarity, right? right? Yes. And (laughs) when anything else comes up to any evidence, if we find evidence contrary to that, we're not here to argue with the ev- with with what we are are seeing. We're here to argue with our minds to bring it back into alignment with the mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. And and Hopkins wasn't playing around. It was there is right before we came on, um, Michelle and I we were um, um, saying a, a prayer for for this broadcast. And I quoted that line from Hopkins. I demand to see, there is good here now. And I demand to see the blessing of it. I demand to see the good of it. We're, we're here to wrestle with our minds. And, yeah, and, well, um, when you were done with that piece, I want to, I want to speak to that a little bit. And we're off subject folks. If yeah. we, haven't passionately, we are passionately off, off topic. Yes. About yes. what, that what is in alignment with our purpose, <laughs> you know, so here well, we are, we're, we're demonstrating. Here's, here's the thing. It's like in today's language and with the, uh, the Gen Y, the Gen X and, and the, uh, you know, we had a conversation. I was at an ordination this weekend and we were having a conversation about t- uh, religion and churches and blah, blah, blah. And I said to somebody, I said, you know what the, the fastest growing religion is right now? And someone jokingly said, atheist. I said, that's it. Mm-hmm. And so what, so here, it's almost like I want to say, I, I wish everybody could hear this. While we're, while that, that age, those ages, cause that's a big age span of what I mentioned, the, the Zen, the GZ, Gen X, Gen Y, Gen Z, whatever they are. Who, while they're so busy trying to be unique and turn away from the language that uses words like God and faith and contemplation and meditation, while they're trying to move away, 
My fear for them is that they're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And instead of fearing those words, or instead of thinking that they don't speak, speak to, to today's thinking, I would encourage them to, to contemplate upon them and get to the feeling of what that means. Because when I speak about faith, I'm not talking about relinquishing my sovereignty over to an entity. My faith is the faith that I know I am plugged in, turned on, synced up, and one with the intelligent universe. Okay, so maybe some people call it God. But please don't let language get in your way. Mm -hmm. Do not let language interrupt your ability to take advantage of the of the of the purposes because because you change the language and because you don't want to go to church doesn't mean those things don't have value you know and you knew i was i was an atheist i was an atheist when i came to science of mind uh uh-huh and um I had been, I was a practicing Buddhist for 10 years. And, um, and I, my first time walking into a center uh, was actually to, to take the foundations class. Oh, because I had seen it in the na- uh, natural awakenings. It was in one of the rag, you know, the, one of the papers that there mm-hmm. was advertising this class. And I had seen uh, Ernest Holmes's book. Um, and I was only interested because of a past experience with Louise Hay. So it was sort of like, ah, science of mind, maybe. So as I was reading, I got science of mind. And as I was attempting to read it, it was sort of like, oh, love and law. He was using language Mm -hmm. that I could, I, I didn't want any, I had no interest in God, no interest. I went to that foundations class, went to the first class and um, they were talking too much about God. It was a year before I came back. Because I was, because I couldn't hear it. But then once I released my addiction or my attachment to what the language, right? And was willing to explore the concepts rather than the verbiage. Right, right. Then I was able to, I could find my way that, that when I listened to Richard Dawkins, who is one of the, he's a famous atheist, he's an atheist apologist. You know, he, he does these, you know, um, debates. I could listen to atheists and agree with, with the principles that they're saying. And it's just like, oh yeah, I agree with it. Yeah, I could, I could agree with it. And I would just use different language, but if I say the words that I use, God, spirit, source, then they may not hear that we're actually more in agreement than we disagree. Well, it's funny that you know, with what you're with what you're saying right now, too, because it it is about it is about the feeling. It's not about the language. Mm-hmm. It's not about the language, because the truth is, I can agree. I, you know, I don't have I don't need it to sound a particular way. I don't need, you know, I don't need to have, you know, I don't have a sense of, um, I mean, my practices are my practices, but really it's about being the fullest me I could be. You know, we keep saying it on the show, living out loud. I, I want to live unapologetically from the place of beauty and passion mm. and, love. 
And I tell you one thing, while my kids might not want to go to church, while my kids might, my kids, my, my adult sons, let me, let's get real. While they might not want to subscribe to that, which I subscribe to, they benefit from me being me. Mm. Right. Mm. Because the behavior that comes with being in this teaching is the behavior of one who is patient and compassionate and forgiving and willing to try again and supportive. Um, I'm kind, you know, and, and so all those and, and, and more things and all of those things are birthed out of my relationship with this, whatever you want to call it, folks, you know, this, this thing called life or love or spirit or beauty or God, they benefit from my relationship because number one, it exudes. Number two, I forgive them when they, when they're unkind, you know, I'm, I'm very safe to have around the children because I'm not in pulling, I'm not inputting negative limiting ideas into my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. If anything, I'm looking to expand and for them to believe in themselves. Even my two-year-old granddaughter, who's not all enamored with me, <laughs> she's not. And because she's this independent little soul. Yeah. And so I know enough because of this teaching to leave her the hell alone and, and, and be a cheerleader for her. Boldness. Oh. Nanny, I do. Nanny, I do. She wants to get in the chair, out of the chair. She wants to do everything herself. God of bless course. you. I'm here. And, I, and she doesn't know in the background, kind of like, you know, like this in case, right? Sweet. But, but the fact is they benefit from me being in this teaching. Right. Your family and your community yeah. benefit from your alignment right. with the, within this teaching. Mm -hmm. And so while people might be saying, oh, church is old and God is old, mm, not the results of folks. Because mm -hmm. yeah. the choice, and I, I don't know what it's like to be an atheist. I can understand more humanism, people who mm -hmm. are human. Oh, right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like that, we could be spiritual humanists in a second. That's right. Second. Change, change the light, just boop. Yep, because I'm, you know, I'm relate. You know, for me, I'm very earth earthbound, in 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 a good way. I'm I'm massively in love with every tree, you know. I mean, I could I could get lost hugging trees and admiring the, the texture of the leaves. Like I love nature and life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and and humanism too. I mean, there's there's an alignment with science of mind in that humanism that human beings we we are celebrating the 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 potential of the human, you know, as far as hum humans are the center of our, of mm -hmm. our world, right. As human beings, we're the center of our world. And as spiritual beings, we are, we are centers, thinking centers in the mm -hmm. mind of God, right? We are, we're the center of our world, right? It's in our consciousness by which we are having the experience or in attracting the experience, however you want to, it's uh you know, we're the common denominator in our life. Yeah, which, which, <laughs> and all of it, which can be an ouch if your life is not working. Um, but it's wonderful when it is. And sometimes every, I think one of the things we have to make sure we convey to as teachers is that 
being spiritual and being in science of mind doesn't doesn't guarantee what you might think of as a perfect life. Mm, right. What it means is that you gain the skill to navigate the hard moments. Right, right. You know, I mean, I have hard moments. I'm I'm in the middle of a period, you know, because I feel like, you know, before the show, Alan and I were having some conversations about the human, our both our human sides, and I'm, you know, feeling some some discord in my in my life right now but it, what the difference here's the major difference here's the value of doing what you and i do mm-hmm. i can have discord and still know that i'm plugged in and still know that i'm okay mm-hmm. Where the discord does not define me or own me right. and it doesn't have power over me that's right i i see it i feel it i process it I'm, I pray around it, treat mm-hmm. around it, whatever language, mm-hmm. but my strength comes from knowing something is always possible. Something right. else is always possible. That's that I, I could almost cuss right now. I'm going to keep it clean. <laughs> that, yeah, we, don't have an ex- we don't have an explicit rating on the show. So yeah, so keep yeah. that family. <laughs> we, we, that is the, beauty the absolute beauty of this teaching (laughs) if we embrace it and it does cause us to have to take responsibility that's right if you're not willing to take responsibility for your life many aspects of your life i'm not going to go deep into that but but in being willing to do that i go oh okay Mm. i change this it Mm -hmm. doesn't feel good right now but i can change this Mm -hmm. i mean that that is the beauty of this teaching is that as you're saying, uh, our conditions or the circumstances, the problems, the struggles, the crisis, whatever it, the whatever that is, it doesn't it does not dictate our value, our worth, it, it or, or our possibility and our potential, and and because we're in this teaching and because we are choosing, I mean and. And this spirituality, it, it is about leaning in to live out loud, right? Letting our light shine. And that's part of the reason, Michelle, why you and I, you know, why we may bump up against things because we're not, shr- you know, we know not to shrink back. Mm-hmm. We know that, that what we're seeing is not the truth of all of us. And so we're called to do our work and because we're wanting to live out loud and you know let's at least speak up to some of that i'm going to try to bring us back is that all right just to, to yeah uh, yeah yeah um okay i'm going to use a quote and this this is a, um from emerson i'm going to use a quote from emerson since we mentioned emerson but this is about about us living our purpose and our passion out loud but he says it this way he says speak your latent con- conviction and it shall be the universal sense. Mm. So that which is within us, our authentic self, that is that is here, that's waiting, is speaking to me is just, an, let's let it shine, put it out there. Let it be known in the world. It will become your life. And- yeah, I do want to mention one piece about this because there are teachings, there are uh, spiritual leaders that are not metaphysical who, who will often accuse us of being very self-centered. And this is a really big subject, and it's a little hard to explain. But the fact is that 
<laughs> you could think that I think everything's about me because I, because, uh, you know, you just said the universe, you know, we're dealing with this internal universe, right? But what I'm aware of is that I, I heal and I approach the, this, the tender parts of me and I'm clear that when I shift, the impact impacts the whole. Right. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. And for me, even living passionately, that when I'm, when I'm passionate about my life and I'm finally embracing my worthiness, which so many of us question, and that's a, you know, again, that's a hard subject. But when I embrace my worthiness, I give permission for you and every Re, every listener of our audience, me being willing to be bold gives you permission to be bold. Mm -hmm. That's why. Mm -hmm. That's why. And that your your and I would add to that. Of course, I'll add to it. But I will add to that that because you, your passions, your life is a um, you are interested in it, and you and you do give it that value in your life that you will recognize or support others and embracing and embracing their passion. So you making, you can't give to somebody what you don't have. Right, 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 right. You can't give somebody what you don't have. And so right. if you're not giving yourself the, we're, we're not supposed to stay at the space of it's just about us. That's right. where many people come in because people right. find this teaching like I did because I was on a search looking. I was so needy. I didn't even know what I needed. You know, that's how that's, it was just there was I didn't even know where to start. Right. I, I was looking for something. And then I came in here and as I matured and, and grew spiritually, as I got, you know, I, I it, life began to make sense. You know, I, I found a way to navigate it with um, using spiritual principles then I could handle my own life and, yeah. and I can then be of support to others and encourage them along and, and walk alongside them. But if, if I don't value my own life, my own passions, my own purposes, then I, I, what are you doing? Why are you wasting time with that? That's not making you any money. Why are you doing that? You know, I mean, that's, yeah, so it's very important. I, I think we do start with ourselves, but it's not just about us. And so if I see a world that is hurting, right? If I see a world that's hurting, Byron Katie says this, the only world there is, is the one you believe in. And so if I believe that there is suffering in the world, then it's mine to, to heal my mind around that not just so that I can bypass it and ignore it, but that I can then step freely into the inspired action that I'm called to do mm -hmm. to be of service because I've, I've healed my old stories about what that means. And now I'm free to be a help, to be right. compassionate, to be a, 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 um, a change agent. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing it freely. I met this beautiful woman, mm -hmm. um, over the weekend, I was down in Maryland. Beautiful woman, metaphysician. Um, excuse me. Well, she is a metaphysician, but she's a musician. Talent. 
She just exudes talent. And there she was playing small. Mm. And we, you know, we had a conversation about that. And 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 so many, so many people, we get tempted to play small. And we we get stuck behind, we get stuck under a self-imposed glass ceiling. Now, and this happens. I, I, I'm not trying to compare men and women, but you know, for women, it happens way more often. Right. We are condi- we are conditioned. We are conditioned in a way, you know, to, to question our um, to question our value, mm-hmm. you know, to question our value. So, um, so I I want to be here even to say every to say everyone who's listening, take off. It's take take your foot off the brakes. Mm-hmm. Take your foot off the brakes. You know, break that glass ceiling. Yeah. Break it. Break it. That's right. I, you know, um, Christian Sorensen, you know, Dr. Christian, and uh, knowing good for him and well-being and wholeness. But he said, without you, infinite potential remains just that, potential. Mm. It just remains potential. Right. And so right. without us making space for it and even accepting and embracing it, um, it's like it's like the book on the shelf that doesn't get read. <laughs> and I want to mention I want to mention a book here. I don't know if I mentioned it already on the show, but if you don't mind, I want to repeat it again because yes. it's that valuable. It's Rewire for Wealth. Have I mentioned that before? Wait, I think you know I, I I believe I have this, but no, go ahead and say this. I think there aren't. Um... It's now this. So she, her name is Barbara Husson. She is the daughter of one of the, the blocks, like H and R Block. Mm-hmm. She's the daughter, um, but she talks about the, the the conditioning of women and 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 the consciousness and the whole re. Now she does it according to um, a course of miracles, you know. But it's fine, similar stuff. But the fact is, she speaks specifically and directly to women as we have been conditioned and what it takes to break free of that conditioning. Mm. And I've done a lot of work for a very long time. And I got to tell you, it doesn't seem to end. It doesn't seem to end the, the need to, to find, you know, to find that path out of the old way of being, you know? I just add, I just had to send myself a, um, a, a sample to my Kindle. I wanted to take a look at that. That looks great. That it's, book. Yeah. Re- Rewire for wealth. Three yeah. steps. Any woman can take. Uh, to was it um, can take to program her brain for financial success. That's a full mm-hmm. title, but mm-hmm. Barbara Husson, H U S O N. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and that's you know, I re- the first time I ever became aware of women having a different experience, or I was c- at least conscious of it mm-hmm. in regards to. I was working. I was yeah. I was early twenties, um, about mi- maybe mid twenties, and I was. I had gotten a job at this company and I was working in the, an IT department and there was all, there was all guys and one woman in the department, all, you know, and, and up to that point, this would have been in the eighties, I think, or, or yeah, early nineties. And even still today, but there's more women in software, computer science and IT than there was back then, right back mm-hmm. then. There was just, and and her and I were having a conversation and she shared with me and she was nearing retirement age. And she told me, um, was sharing with me her 
And I had never heard this. And so it was, she opened my eyes and she, she was nearing retirement. And she said, if she had even conceived of the possibility of her being able to be in IT back then, that she would have done it because she loves it. And, and it was just like, but, and, and I said, well, why didn't you do it then? And she explained, well, women are not, that's, that is, you, you are, you are trained and taught. And that is when I was like, oh my gosh, if, if you never conceived of it as a possibility, because this is my role, this is what mm-hmm. I am here to do. This is why we got to connect to our passions. We got to connect to those passions and let them inform us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because of that, she lived an entirely different life. Yeah. yeah. An entirely different life. That, um, so we're here to say, you know, to cheer you on of, of, of whatever ceiling you've mentioned, this, whatever ceiling you're bumping, you, you feel is that's, that's as far as I can go. That, that this is the limit. Well, let me tell you, I, I'll tell you, when I, when I was young and um, the, the passions that I could identify from when I was young mm-hmm. was being a mother. That was top of the list. I wanted to be a teacher. And then I, I dabbled with kind of other things. I didn't know what kind of teacher. It wasn't like I knew I'd be a school teacher. So I, I you know, for me now, I believe myself to be a, a teacher. Yeah, of course. But one of the things that mattered to me is between being a mother, being a teacher, there was this other place in me that had to do with being a nurse. And when, when I was older, had I had the academia behind me and I, and I didn't cultivate the, the, the mental muscle that I needed, I would have been, I would have been a midwife. Mm. That's Mm. an unrealized passion for Mm. me. And so for me, I have, I have been present besides having my own children in natural childbirth. I have been present at a number of other births and there's something I mean, I probably could be a midwife and a death doula. Mm-hmm. There's the, the sacred, and see, because my passion is people, right? If, if I took away all the other stuff, ultimately my highest passion is people and empowering people because I, I, don't, want, I don't like to see people suffer unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. But the sacredness of the first breath and the last breath yeah. is very similar. They're very similar. And to be with somebody, walking with somebody in that, you know, when that happens. I just saw a video on Facebook, the Scottish uh, farm family and their Clydesdale horse was just gave birth to a full, um, a, a male, um, what are they, I don't know what they call them. Um, and they were so, hello, beloved. <laughs> they were so moved by the birth that they're Clydesdale. Here are these two kind of macho kind of, you know, Scots. And they were, they were, their hearts were open mm. watching the birth of this, this, this foal. And it's like, yeah, you know, and when we're so busy criticizing life and not, and not, not finding beauty in each other, you, you can't even touch a passion because you're too consumed in all that crap. Right. You know, and it's, but it's what's, what's, um, but in those moments that are so primal, right? So um, real. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, birth and death, those mm-hmm. moments. Um, 
it's really the, all the rest of it is is really not important in those you know i mean life is what happens between two breaths mm-hmm. right? life is what happens so even our meditation or, or 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 us being born and and or making our transition but when that is happening you know when that's happening in that there is um yeah those men whose hearts were opened as they're seeing a a, a full is it a full a full a, a baby F-O-A-C- full? F-O-A-L, a yes full. a full yeah. so uh, as the full is being birth it's just like yeah because life is happening and we can't, happening. we can't help but our attention dr- being drawn to what is real in that moment this, there's no room for the story it's yeah. it's this now moment mm-hmm. this is what's happened now yeah the newness of now mm. Oh my gosh. Oh, and you are a midwife. You are a midwife of, of sorts, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I do feel that way. You I midwife, do. you midwife people into their into their magnificence and their their freedom. That is that's what you do. You, through your forgiveness work, you support people in in um, birthing a new life. Mm. Yeah. The um yeah, no, never mind. I don't want to. I don't want to digress down to the road. But well, we. I think we've discussed. I mean, we've over the month, you know, just to make sure that at least we touch on some of the points from what what we were here today to talk about about passionately living your purpose out loud. You know, there are things that can get in our way of exploring those passions. You know, and and examining that. You know, fear, judgment, rejection, worthiness. Um, all of that. And, and so what we've talked about here today, if you're bumping up against that ceiling, then just notice what, what, what are you, what are the excuses you have? You know, what, what are the arguments that you're making for why, why that's not available to you and, and challenge it, question it. Is that true? Is that true? Do I know that it's true? Do you know And, um, and really inquire into it. Um, well, I, I didn't ask you. you. I think you might have asked me earlier, or maybe it was last week, and I'm folding it all together. For, what, for me, or what, for you, what, would, what are your passions? What, what, what gets your attention more than anything else, Alan? Mm. Well, you know, I... My life revolves around what I do. I am I'm very grateful. I am so grateful that that's as a result of these teachings that I have created a life, right? I am demonstrating a life where I um, get to do this work for myself. Mm-hmm. I am here to also support others. And, and I am a teacher. I know that's my archetype. I, I explain every... You know this, Michelle. I mean, I have a process for everything, or at least I've thought it out. And and it makes life easier. If you have a process, then it makes you don't have to decide every time. So I'm very systems oriented or think about things in that way. And as a teacher, I just go about my life every day conversation. Kevin knows my processes more than he wants to because I just explain what I'm doing as I'm doing it to whoever is with a near shot as if I was being interviewed for TV. I'm always teaching, always teaching. So that is something I'm passionate about. And I, 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 I love that helping people discover their own um, stepping, stepping into, to really what they're called to be and to do. 
um, other areas of my life. I do like to, I, I curious, um, I like learning. I'm very passionate about, about self growth and development. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm always in a class, either I'm teaching a class or taking one. I'm, you know, I have, I have never met anybody who takes as many classes as you do. I don't even know how you fit it in. Well, you know, I mean, you tell me you're getting something. I'm like, am I supposed to be doing more than I am? I think myself, no, my brain would melt. You God know, bless you. And there is, you know, and not everyone's wired the way that I am. Right. And, and I, and I thrive on, I thrive. I really do. I thrive on, on, um, learning more and, and, and discovering more. And many times the way that I learn is, is, is through teaching or learn how to teach something so that I can really make it my own, right? That, that's why I became a Zentangle teacher is because I wanted to, I want, if I learn how to teach it, then you understand, you have an understanding of the, the mm-hmm. material. So I'm always taking classes and, and um, but it, I don't always fit it all in, you know, just because I'm in the class doesn't mean that I, sometimes I show up as... <laughs> not as the best student in the class as long as I you know don't suck you know um or at least get then that I feel okay you know if I stay in the pack but yeah I mean I do a lot and um but I here's what my teacher told me my first um, minister at um at Tampa Bay Church that was the name of it she told me she goes you're getting you're getting out of the class exactly what you need at the right time in the right way I would have said it differently, but okay. Yeah. I would have said you get out of the class exactly what you put in. Ah, uh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, so because I was saying, I want to get all of this. I want to get more. I want to get more. And she was just sort of like, you're getting out of it. it you're ex- you're only going to receive, get out of it what you're able to receive, what you have the capacity to process and, and, and work with. And and it's what you say is true. Another way of saying that. Yeah. And um. And I didn't want to hear that at that time, but having um, taught for a while, teaching for a while, as well as being a student, a lifelong stu- student, yeah. So if I don't finish the class and, or if I don't get all the homework done, or even if I'm, I, I just, I still get one foot in front of the other. So I am passionate about learning and teaching and, and I l- love my Zentangle. I like my, my music. I play my drums. It's funny. I was posting a lot of Zentangle on Facebook and people are asking me, do you teach it? I'm like, Oh God, no. Like I, I don't know. That's too complicated. I I do it to get lost in myself. I don't, I don't have that thing you have to want, you know, to teach it in that way. It's not, well, you know, it's, it, it, it's actually, it, it's satisfies two things of mine to be able to teach it is one. I love, I love the the art form as far as a meditative, um, a, a a practice. I mean, it's well, all you're doing is just you're drawing repet. I mean, you're drawing lines in a repetitive manner, and giving attention to what you're doing. You're being mindful of the lines that you're drawing, mm-hmm. and before you know it, those lines at the end of it have turned into something. Right. And um, so, um, so I enjoy doing that, and I enjoy teaching. So. I, I mean, I have right here a document viewer right here on my desk that I could show my, so I can be experiencing it while teach, leading someone through the experience at the same time. So two, um, it's like two for the price of one. Right. 
That's right. how I see it. That's how I see it. Yeah. It's, and it's, well, that's why I teach all that I teach around forgiveness and for, and the shadow work because I was so messed up. I needed to climb out of that hole. And, and so for me, I want to take others with me. Yeah. I want other people to not be stuck. Right. You yeah. know, we've done, you know, Holmes, Dr. Holmes says that, you know, that's the world has suffered enough. Yes. Yes. The world has suffered enough. They, we don't, it is, it's not necessary to, to suffer in order to learn. It's, it's not necessary. And, and I think both of us have, have suffered enough that, that we want to share these things that have set us free or that have at least given us some freedom we didn't have before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And out of compassion that we want to, you don't have to go through, you don't have to travel the same road that I did um, to, uh, to experience some relief in your life. So I want to, yeah, I want to take what you just said then, and I want to speak it into the room for the listeners, because the idea of suffering, it might not be clear what we mean. And, and, you know, there could be many things, right? You could be suffering at the hands of another, but for those who are not, then often we're just suffering at the hands of ourselves, at the hands of our limited thinking, of the hands of not believing in ourselves of thinking, you know, where we still get caught in the not enoughness, right? Mm-hmm. So that happens a lot. And so it causes suffering. And so in in science of mind, we believe unequivocally that did I say that right? Yes, you did. Good for you. <laughs> a lot of syllables in that word. There are. If if you are in pain emotionally on a daily basis, it is not ordained. You need to know that you're, it's not ordained upon you. And you have options. You do not have to be in the suffering. Mm. And I think that's, you know, I think that that's kind of hard for some people to hear because they don't quite know how to get out of their own way. And I don't know how you can get out of your own way, listeners, to the listeners. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know specifically because I don't know who's listening. But what I do know is that there is a way. There is a way. And it it does. And and if we want to tie this again back to passion, if nothing else, have a passion in believing in yourself. Right. Be passionately in your own corner. Be passionate. Be a passionate self-cheerleader. You know, champion yourself to say, I'm not sure what to do, but something's possible. If that's mm-hmm. all you do, mm-hmm. if all you do is say, mm-hmm. I don't know, but something's possible, yes. you will be elevated. You will find a redirection of your attention. Yes. That, that I oh you said hallelujah i'm going to say amen i'm going to say yeah amen to that i mean that is it's it's what you just um this is why the practices the, you know we st- you started to talk about as far as throwing the baby out you know religion and and throwing the baby out with the bathwater those practices those mm-hmm. spiritual practices or and and maybe you don't call them spiritual practice but let's just say whatever it is that you need to do to get to the space where you believe in yourself enough to at least take the next step to question to question the story mm-hmm. of of what it looks like that mm-hmm. there, there is a way, there is a way here and I'm going to find it. Right. You know, right. I have learned, I'm, um, Michelle, I, I don't think I, I didn't tell you this, but so in September I'm having at the center 
um, here at Concordia Center for Spiritual Living. It's going to be in person, but a, um, I am using that fearless heart. Because uh, oh, next okay. next month, the, the theme is, next month, our theme is... Paradox, right? Um, October, nope, September. So this is so this is the first issue of Science by Magazine that is the double issue. So so September is about love out loud, love out loud. So I'm calling it um, the the awakened heart loving out loud. When is the paradox? Oh, the paradox is October. Yeah. So ah. so there's two issues. So starting in um, in September, two issues. But so we're going to be using on Wednesday nights the um, a fearless heart. That, and mm. it's about, on Wednesday nights, we're doing a compassion cultivation practice group. Nice. And, nice. and as a result of those practices, even in my own life, and having compassion for myself, what I have discovered, and I, I hope for all of you, is that, that, you, that you are, learn to love yourself and be compassionate enough for yourself, that you become unwilling to hang out in the suffering, mm. right? That you're no, that, that the pain of hanging out there in the suffering and waiting for someone to rescue you or save you. Um, and when you're in the middle of it, yeah, you, you, you want that. But this is why we do these practices to mm. reorient ourselves to the, the reality of life. Mm. Michelle, you, were, you said earlier about how there's these practicing metaphysics doesn't guarantee you a happily ever after yeah. in the sense of the fairy tale ending in the story. Not everyone gets that. We, we do. Um, and I don't mean this to sound like fate or um, like there's, but it's just a phrase where, that we know that you are um, dealt the, the hand, the cart, the hand that you're dealt, you know, I mean, light shows up. Isn't that what our, our life is about de living, you know, navigating the distractions. Life is about navigating the distractions on the level of circumstance and conditions. Mm -hmm. And so um, it's about how to, I love Tara Brock with her book, you know, radical acceptance mm. through, ex through learning through these practices to, Trust the process of what looks like is falling apart. It's it is coming together. Mm. Only when I know that, and and through my practices and principles, then I'm able to. Um, I, at least I have the 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 enough wiggle room mm. <laughs> to take mm -hmm. the next step. Even just create enough space to just at least take the next step. Yeah. Um, yeah. So love yourself enough to to question the suffering, to challenge it to defy it you know i like that defy <laughs> it. Defy, oh i like them right now right, yeah well, write that down defy the suffering defy yeah defy the it. suffering wow that's very powerful that be my that might be my next blog mm. yeah good stuff that is you know i Holmes says, unless we're willing to contradict our experience, we are not able to transcend it. Yeah. Slightly, yep. right? But the, the wording, but he says, contradict experience and transcend those words. And right. so defy it. You know, yeah. I mean, unless we're willing to, so embrace your passions, embrace your interests, be curious about it. And because we're waiting for you, we're waiting for you, you being that one, th that thread of, of this tapestry of life 
you can only bring what you bring to this tapestry and it's incomplete without what you bring. Mm. So, you know, the other day, I, I, I just say this just kind of a fun thing. Um, yes. When, um, we, when I was at that weekend, there was this woman, um, oh my God, uh, Mary Jane. Her name was Mary Jane. I remember because she spelt it differently than my sister, but same name. And uh, she was trying, she was telling us about something and she misspoke and collapsed two words together. And she said the word superlicious. Oh, I love it. Right? Yeah. Well, Eugene and I were there together. Eugene Holden, practitioner, many of you would know who Eugene is. And we were like, oh my God, what a great word. And I, I'm, I'm bringing that up just because like there are things like that we like you said defy the suffering and suddenly I feel catapulted to see things differently and when she said the word superlicious I'm like yeah the delit oh no 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 synchrolicious that's what it was oh yeah synchrolicious so we said the deliciousness of synchronicity that's how we were pulling it together but that's like find something and grab it. You don't need many things. No, no, no. A good quote, a good thought, you can chew on for hours upon hours and breathe and suck the marrow out of the bone of that. It's not like you need some great new other teachers. Right. You know, I mean, yes, there are teachers along the way, but yes, is that great word? Martha Christie says she yeah. loves that word. Yes, synchrolicious. So Thank you, Mary Jane. And I don't remember your last name. Yeah. So I just to introduce people. So here is oh. Eugene. Here's Eugene Holden. And if you may be, if you read the Science of Mind magazine, he writes every month um, near the front the affirmations that are there's an affirmation actually for each week. And so they're little um what we're saying, grab a phrase, grab a thought, grab an affirmation. And uh, so here's Eugene, if you are, if you're looking for some thoughts, he, every month he um, brings forth some, some yumminess, some um, yumminess. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta find a word for that. We gotta find a word. (laughs) So, well, oh, what is, so seize the day. I guess I was just looking to see if there was anything that. Uh, we're at that time though. We're we're at that time. I know if we're leaving this, as we're wrapping up this month, you know, yes, it was carpe diem, you know, seize the day. We're not seize promised the next breath. And so whatever you're inspired to be and do, lean into it, be interested, be curious, um, love yourself enough to be willing to, to uh, um, make space for it. You know, it's, it's weight. It's, it's there. That's your soul calling to you. So what, how, um, where can they find you? Uh, where can they find you, Michelle? And- well, I am the spiritual, the founding spiritual leader of the center for spiritual living, North Jersey. We are, we are hybrid. So we are in person sometimes and sometimes we're not. Um, but our website is cslnj.org. I am the uh, co-founder of the planned happiness Institute where I do all my forgiveness work from and my shadow work and some other things. And we just opened a page on that where you can now go on a page called inner whisperings. And that page is going to grow over the next few weeks, even. And on that page, you can download um, mind shift, spiritual mind treatment Mm. to to speak to your, you know, to speak to your soul. Um, And uh, yeah, that's, that's why I am. That's what I do. Mm. Yeah, so you can find me. So here I am. Let's see here. So um, 
you can find me on Facebook at Rev Alan Vukas. Uh, you can also find uh, me at Concordia CSL, our center, Concordia CSL, Center for Spiritual Living here in Rhode Island. We stream live as well. So if you look up anything, Concordia CSL, you'll, you'll find us somewhere and you'll find me connected to that because that's where I, um, I get to serve um, this beloved community. And I'll oh, go ahead. No, just say, and you know, Alan's there. I'm here, but there is CSL's centers, teaching chapters, spiritual living circles. We're, we're more, we're around more than you might think. That's right. Look That's us right. up. Don't, if, don't go it alone. Mm. Find a community, not to be stuck with it, but to help, to allow it to help expand you. That's right. Yeah. Reach out for support. Please. Life is all we're not meant to do life alone. No, we're, we're none not. of us are an island, and it's life is so much easier when when you are surrounded by people who who see you, who know you, who accept you, who who are who believe in you, um, to to call you forth and not and not let you hang out in your your uh, the um, smallness. Um, and they, they see your potential. But you can also find me at newthoughtnewlife.com. Newthoughtnewlife.com. I do some writing there and uh, love to connect with you there. So um, just seeing if there's any comments here. Oh, there we go. Martha Christie's just, she's just like having a brain, a, a creative uh, brain load, a brain dump, brain dump. Yum-tastic, she says, and uh, yum-alicious. Love it. Love those words. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to close us with um, prayer? Just a, a, I certainly you. will. Thank you for joining us today, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Michelle, yeah. But... So what I know that there is a power and a presence by any name. This one avails itself to us, through us, and as us every moment of every day, with every breath, with every beat of our heart, because it is the beating of our heart. It is the breath that we breathe. And as we submit and surrender to it there and, and we synchronize with it, there is this infusion of possibility, this infusion of conviction of how life can work for us on our behalf. Oh man, I call it good and very good. And I trust that and as we are willing and as our willingness grows and expands, that that which has governed life itself expands in us and through us. Mm. It is a holy and beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. I trust our process. I trust it implicitly. Yes. And so from this sacred place of love, deep, deep love, I surrender this word to life, to law, to love, and to awe, mm -hmm. the awe of life itself. And so it is. And so it is. Thank you, Michelle. Mm, you're welcome. Thank mm -hmm. you, beloved. So glad you were here. Everyone. Thank you. And we'll see you again soon. Take care. Bye.